0: Well, hey, well, family, uh, glad that you are worshiping with us still once again. And hey, it's my privilege to actually introduce a friend to you. Uh, My buddy Yusuf is going to be bringing the word today. Uh, When we were first starting off the summer, we had a whole partners in the gospel series plan and all that stuff, and then COVID poo-pooed on all those plans, all right? Uh, But it's great. Yusuf is still getting to be with us and bring the word. And so uh, we love this man. He's actually uh, best friends with Adam Watson, our associate pastor here on our team. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just excited to sit under the words. Today. So, in case you were like, hey, who's this good-looking black man next to this Aww. other good-looking black man? His name is Yusuf, all right? And oh here he God. is. So, uh, it's on you. With that, with that introduction, bro, it's on yeah, you, man. thanks, so. thanks, man. Thank you, thank you. Well, good morning, church. I'm very, very excited to be here. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of amazing things about this church through some really good friends that go here. One of our best friends is on staff. He never shuts up about how amazing this church is. Um, and so, so yeah, I'm really excited to be able to dive into God's word with you. Um, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians 3:12 through 17. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So for those that know me, they know that I love physics, right? And within the field of physics, you have some of the smartest people in the world that have devoted their lives to studying some aspect of the universe. And it's these experts that will tell you they observe things all the time that contradict each other but also somehow coexist, right? And it's what I like to call a brain twist, this idea of two things that contradict and yet somehow coexist. And so I share that for two reasons. One, to encourage the people of God, right? If you start to get a brain twist trying to contemplate the Trinity, right? (laughs) You're in good company, right? Um, And then two, as we're journeying through Colossians today, we're gonna encounter what I like to call a brain twist, right, and we'll be answering this question, what does it look like for followers of Christ to live an active lifestyle as active members um, of the kingdom of God? And so starting in verse 12, Paul, the first thing he says is put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, right? So but notice here how this doesn't read backwards, right? It's put on as God's chosen children, not in order to be God's chosen, um, in order to be God's holy ones, put on these things, right? And so Paul, before he even gets into what it looks like to to live a kingdom-centered life, lifestyle. He makes it imperative to first address it. If you are in Christ, you are holy. You are chosen. You are beloved, right? But then for Paul to say, put on these things, right, is to say that there is some effort on our part, right? Like there's some something that we are called to actually do and act. So here's the brain twist. You are holy, and yet here's what it looks like to be holy, right? And so this isn't the first brain twist either. If we read just a few verses before this one, um, verse three and five. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And then you fast forward to verse 5. Therefore, put to death what is earthly in you, Mm. right? And so, okay, (laughs) okay, right? So the old me has died, yet there's a call to put to death, right? And so a bit of a brain twist. And so these things really used to confuse me until I realized one simple fact that is really revealed all throughout Scripture, and that is, God loves to partner with humanity to accomplish his will on this earth, right? And so I think that point, right? God loves to partner with humans can really be understood by asking two simple questions, right? First question, who creates life? And feel free to answer, who creates life? God creates life, right? So anything, any, anyone that knows anything about how a baby forms over nine months, right? Like it's miraculous, right? And it's got God's thumbprint all over it. Right, but then if I were to ask the question, "How is life created?" Humans, right, right. So, as miraculous as life is, right, the process of the creation of life doesn't start until humans do what humans need to do to create life, right, right. So it's humans partnering with God uh, to bring life to Earth, right, um, and so. So the point here is just as humans partner with God in bringing life, when it comes to our holiness, Christ has done it all. We are holy because of what Christ has done for us, yet we partner with God in our sanctification. In the process of becoming more and more like Christ, we are called to then put forth effort to walk out our holiness, right? And Paul says in verse 12 that as we do that, there are going to be certain traits that we see, right? Right? Um, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, and you see the traits, the fruits of this new nature, Mm -hmm. compassionate hearts, Mm -hmm. kindness, humility, meekness, patience. And then he goes on to say in verse 13 and 14 that the the displaying of these fruits are seen first and foremost in community, right? So verses uh, 13 and 14, bearing with one another, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive and above all of these things put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony so here paul is saying that okay if we're going to answer this question what does it look like for for people who have received christ and are following christ to live as active members of god's kingdom first thing is first thing is that it's it's active right it cr- requires action on our part and second the fruits of our nature are revealed in community as we bear with one another, especially when it's hard, especially when conflict happens. So it's almost like Paul is saying, if you want to know how well you're doing at walking out your new nature, don't tally the number of times you say please and thank you to people you never see again, right? It's, it's when there's conflict, that's when, with the people closest to you, that is when our new nature has an opportunity to shine, right? So I don't know about you guys, but for me, I think it's much easier to show compassion and kindness, humility um, to people that I maybe don't really know very well um, more than it is to, like, my wife, right? Um, And so, I mean, even her and I, we talk about this often. A couple weeks ago, um, I'm not a morning person, she is an extra morning person, (laughs) right? And so we had somewhere to be in the morning, but, you know, I still had, like, five minutes left that I could, like, kind of squeeze out, get some more sleep before we had to go. And I hear her come in. She's in the bedroom on the phone, and she's... I can hear her talking to her friend, and she's like, oh, girl, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Oh. And then she sees that I'm still in bed, and she's like are you seriously still in bed? Okay, get up. It's time to go. We're going to be late, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, girl, I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, can I get some of that compassion and patience? Right? You know? And of course I asked her if I could share that illustration, you know? And... And um, she was like, yeah, you can share it, but sometimes it's not that I don't have patience with you. It's that you think it takes five minutes to get ready, and it takes you 45, and we're always late, right? Um, and so, but here's what Paul's calling us to, right? That, that okay, if we're going to live as active members, it requires action, and a part of that is living in community. As we walk with other people, we will get closer and closer with them, and so there's potential for conflict to arise, and it's in those moments that we're called to reflect our true nature, right? And so this idea of living in community, it is not foreign to the well, right? Um, We don't find community, we fight for community. I don't know where I heard that, maybe it's somewhere (laughs) else, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so the point is here too that, yeah, you've got some really creative people on this team, some awesome leaders that have made this a part of their vision as a church. And as awesome as they are, this idea they did not invent, it's all throughout scripture that we as mankind were meant to follow Jesus in community, right? And so how do we do that, right? I know it's not easy, especially in conflict, to just put on forgiveness and forgive someone, right? So when we When we get closer and closer in community and the the people close to us hurt us, spouses, community group members, roommates, right? Um, How do we do it? And so Paul gives us some insight, verses 13, um, 13 through 14, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive, right? And then he goes on to say in verse 15, and let the peace of Christ, Rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. So Paul is saying here, okay, there's potential for conflict. So how do we walk out in our true identity as kingdom people, compassion, humility, patience, when there is conflict? And he says here to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So up until now, Paul's been using words like put to death, um, put off. But here he uses let for the first time. That word let means to yield to, to surrender, wow. right? That word peace and peace of Christ, that word peace isn't just talking about freedom from anxiety. It's talking about freedom from disunity, right? That We're talking about the peace of Christ, God's heart for humanity to be united and reconciled to him and reconciled amongst each other. Right. And to rule means to, to call the shots, right? To be an umpire. So... Here's what Paul's saying. It it isn't easy to fight for unity, especially when we get hurt. So how do we do it? We reflect on our story as, as people that have dedicated our lives to Christ. Our story is that at one point, we were not united with God. And it's God's heart for unity that led to our forgiveness, right? And Paul reminds us in Ephesians. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so this is to be the lens through which we walk out our identity as kingdom people, that we're called to get close right, like uncomfortably close, like we share life on life together and there's potential for conflict and it's this lens that will help us navigate these areas of conflict, Mm -hmm. thus walking out our identity as active members of God's kingdom, right? So Paul continues to say in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. So let's, there's that word let again, right? Mm -hmm. Surrender. Word of Christ means the teachings of Christ. So let the teachings of Christ dwell in you richly. So we're answering that question again, what does it look like to be active members of the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. We allow the teachings of Christ to dwell richly. So what does that mean? Does that mean we need to have a six hour quiet time? I mean, I think we need to be in the Word, but I don't think that's what Paul's saying here, right? And the reason why is because if you think about the church that he's talking to, he's talking to the church of Colossae. And within this church, there have been uh, influential leaders that are beginning to rise and spread these philosophies and ideas that what Christ has done on the cross isn't sufficient for holy living, right? And so, okay, I've committed my life to Christ and God says that I'm holy yet, I still see some flesh on me. And so yeah, maybe it's tempting to believe that what Christ has done isn't good enough. And so in this space, Paul is saying, in a world where everyone has something to say about what it takes to live a holy lifestyle, let the words of Christ, the teachings of Christ, dwell richly above the influences of all other people, right? And people have great things to say, God has used, godly people, right? Mentors that we all have to really teach us what this means, yet the words of Christ are to dwell even richly above that, right? And so today, we live in a world of influence, an age of influence. It's very difficult sometimes to, you know, to really just stay in line with the teachings of Christ. It's really easy sometimes to allow ourselves, when we're bombarded by all these philosophies, to actually walk in alignment with ideas that aren't aligned with the teachings of Christ, Right. right? I know for me... Um, a couple, well, actually, this was like earlier this year, I watched the YouTube video, really influential, really wealthy person, and he was asked, when you go out to dinner, how much do you tip? And he's like, yo, if they do an amazing job, I give them an amazing tip. If they do a horrible job, I give them a horrible tip. And it makes perfect sense, right? It makes perfect sense. So I'm like, yeah, he's right. So fast forward to Valentine's Day. I take me and my wife out to dinner. It takes us 30 minutes to get seated and an hour and 10 minutes before anyone comes to take our order. (laughs) Bruh, I was not happy, (laughs) right? And I'm like telling Ash, I'm like, I really want to get someone. She's like, no, it's okay, don't bother them. They're slammed, it's Valentine's Day. I brought our favorite card game. You want to just play cards while we're waiting for them? And I'm like, you know, I'm looking around. It's a nice table. Everyone's, we're dressed nice. Everyone's dressed nice. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I move everything off the table. And we just start playing cards. And the waitress comes up, and you can tell she's never seen anything like this before because she's mortified. And then it clicks for her. No one's taking y'all's order yet. And in my heart, that's when I just snapped internally. I was so angry, but the only thing that came out of my mouth, thank God, was no. <laughs> right? I wasn't happy. So so fast forward, fast forward to the end of dinner. Guess who is 100% in the flesh? Just so angry. This idea of me being saved by a gracious God when I didn't deserve his love, he initiated. All of that is just out there. I'm walking in my flesh. Time for the tip, and I leave a horrible tip, and I walk out of there with some sense of, like, justice, like, yeah, they got what they deserved, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's so easy for me to just align with this philosophy that has no influence of Christ Mm -hmm. in it, right? And so fast forward to the next day, and my wife is like, hey, I love you. The way you were acting last night, not okay. (laughs) And so, you know, (laughs) my, yo. and And I definitely feel that conviction from the Lord that, okay, without even realizing it, I'd align myself with a philosophy that that really is of this world. It makes sense to our flesh, right? And I completely forgot that my life as an active member of God means that I respond through the lens of the gospel. So whenever I, right, whenever I'm wrong or whatever, the gospel should influence um, how I respond, right? And so for me, I was like, do I need to go back and right my wrong? But immediately I was like, the Lord was like, Bro, within the next 10 minutes, you will have 10 more opportunities to put on your new nature and to walk out the holiness that I'm partnering with you to walk out in you, right? And so this isn't about feeling shame for the times where we have worn our flesh and acted out of our flesh, right? There's a call that if we're gonna be active members of God's kingdom, that we put on our new nature now and walk out step by step, day by day, these fruits that we see are produced by the new nature, right? And so he says, let the word of Christ dwell richly. And then he starts to answer, well, how how can we do that? Um, End of verse 16, by teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so here he says it. This is why I don't think this is about having a six-hour quiet time. I think if the Lord's calling you to do that at times, I think that's okay, that's cool. But here we see that letting... Um, the word of Christ dwell richly is also carried out in community as we right. teach one another, admonish one another, and as we sing songs and psalms and spiritual songs that, that really help infuse the teachings of Christ in our hearts. It's a beautiful thing, you know. I actually, I grew up Muslim, and so Muslims, they do not sing for worship. And so in high school, I remember going to, you know, a youth group for the first time And it was the first time I'd ever been exposed to like corporate worship and corporate praise. Mm. And I could not put into words how amazing it felt, right? To be in this room where the spirit is moving and these words of truth are being sung over all of us. I mean, God uses music in such a special way. He does, you know, he created music. And so so it's a beautiful thing. And so if we're gonna gonna ask that question, what does it look like to walk out as active members of God's kingdom? It incorporates... Being together as we hear God's word together, teaching one another, being willing to correct one another, being teachable, willing to be corrected, and singing songs that declare his truth. It's a beautiful thing. It's not to be taken for granted. And we keep reading verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So he says, so up until now, we have We have things that he says to do, put on these things, put off these things. But then he gets here and he makes somewhat of a blanket statement, right? He's like, yo, whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so I'm like... And I I think I understand what Paul's getting at here, right? He's talking to a people that has grown anxious about what it looks like to walk out a holy lifestyle. And they're starting to forget that their holiness is 100% dependent on what Christ has already done. So they're asking, what do we need to do? And you have some of these influential leaders that are coming and trying to add some old Jewish traditions to try and get them to walk by. And so they're anxious about it. And so Paul is saying, you want to know what to do? And whatever you do, right? And whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I don't know about you, but that's frustrating, right? That's frustrating, I'm like, because there's something about us, we want to control our righteousness. We want to be able to say that I did this, right? I I earned my holiness, right? What do I need to do to get an A on the test, right? Whatever you do, do everything in the name of a, right? It's frustrating. And, you know, for me, growing up Muslim, this was my life, right? This idea of, of striving to attain your, your salvation through your righteous acts, that's how we live, right? You go through life as a Muslim with an angel on your right shoulder and an angel on your left shoulder. Right shoulder angel is writing down all of your good deeds. Left shoulder is writing down all of your bad deeds. And then you get to heaven when you die or you go and face God when you die. And depending on which deeds outweigh the other, that that determines where you spend the rest of eternity, right? So as you can imagine, as a Muslim, I'm striving, y'all, right? I'm striving to to gain this righteousness and earn this righteousness. And it just led me to a place Place of spiritual exhaustion. And so coming to know Christ and experiencing the freedom that Christ offers, that, that my salvation and my righteousness is fully dependent on the cross, has nothing to do with me, I can't put into words how amazing that felt, right? It was like the weight of a yacht just being lifted wow. off my heart, right? <laughs> good. And yeah, yo, fast forward, to, fast forward to college though, right? As a believer excited to walk out in community, and I see some of my Christian friends living like I did when I was Muslim, right? Like trying to, trying to work, trying to earn this salvation when it's already been given. Your righteousness has already been given, right? And so here's that brain twist. It's really tempting to believe that because we see flesh, because we're still walking out our holiness, that what Christ has done isn't enough, right? It's really tempting to believe that, but it's that brain twist that, no, these, these things coexist. You are holy if you are in Christ, and there's supposed to be a rest, a sweet essence that comes from hearing that, and it's out of that identity that we walk out our holiness in the process of sanctification, not the other way around, right? And so this is what Paul is saying. So in everything that we do, we are to be thankful. So I think what Paul is doing here is Thankfulness is the key to really staying in that place of God. My salvation is a gift. My righteousness is a gift. Yet I am called to walk out my identity, right? Yeah. So why is thankfulness the key, though? Think about the last time that you were thankful, right? Someone gave you a gift, and you responded by saying thank you, probably, hopefully, right? <laughs> if your parents raised you to have manners, hopefully, um, right? And so, okay, I'm received this gift. And so thank you is not only acknowledging, okay, I'm the recipient of this gift. I received this gift, but I'm grateful for it. So thank you, right? Um, And so, so I think, you know, the reality is if I'm walking out my faith and doing everything and saying everything is fixed on the person of Jesus so that now when I... Um, when I think about what I'm doing, it in no way contributes to my salvation because I'm thankful to God that my salvation has come through Christ. Yeah. So, in everything I do, I'm thankful. Why am I thankful? Because my righteousness doesn't come as a result of what I do, it's been given to me. And so, you can strike this balance, right? As we kind of teeter on the lines um, of this brain twist, it's really easy to fall into flat out legalism. But with thankfulness, in every act, we're reminded that our salvation is a gift from God, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a gift, and so think about, though, there are times when, you know, people try and do stuff for me, and it's kind of hard to say thank you Mm -hmm. because of pride, Mm -hmm. right? It's pride, Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, if someone wants to bless you or pay for your meal, and it kind of feels weird to just receive that, Mm -hmm. right? But you don't want to be a jerk and say, no, I'll do it, right? But you also, you don't want to just say thank you because your pride is there, and so you just kind of try and, find some middle line and say something dumb, like, oh, you didn't have to do that, right, (laughs) right, right? It clicked for me. It clicked for me very, very, very quickly, right? It it clicked for me. Someone trying to buy my meal, and I'm tempted to be like, oh, man, don't worry about it. And then even in my head, I'm like, are you crazy, Mm -hmm. right? Like, are you crazy? You're hungry, and they're trying to bless you with a free meal, right? Like, is this even up for debate? Just say thank you, right? Thankfulness acknowledges that you've received a gift, and if I'm thankful to God in everything I do, I I will never forget that my righteousness is a gift, and so when I walk out my holiness, it's not to to earn my righteousness, right? And so I really want us as a church, right, I want the people of the world to really get that, because as a Muslim, I saw a lot of my friends, right, live this, I need to be righteous by my own deeds, and it led to one of two places, spiritual exhaustion or spiritual pride, right? Where my righteousness is on me, so I can judge you and you and you because you don't do these things that I do, and I'm better than you because of these things, right? And so God is calling us. If we're gonna ask the question, what does it look like to live out uh, our, our calling, our identity as active members of God's kingdom, for one, we have to understand that We are chosen, we are children of God. If we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, our identity as children of God is fixed and it's out of that identity that we walk out these fruits, right? And these fruits are shown and they're seen mostly when we fulfill our calling Um, to live in community, and as we we get closer and closer, we're gonna see junk, and we're gonna be affected and impacted by people's junk, and vice versa, and so there's gonna be this conflict that starts to happen, and how do we overcome the conflict, right? It's by dwelling and remembering on the the fact that we have been forgiven of much, and so we're called to forgive, Mm right? Right? If we're going to continue to ask that question and answer that question, what does it look like to be active members of God's kingdom? We allow the words of Christ to dwell richly above all other influence, above all other teachings as we navigate life with one another. And everything and anything that we do, we keep Christ at the forefront of our minds so as to not fall into this area of Um, legalism right that it is a brain twist and it's easy to just fall into legalism but by keeping my keeping christ at the forefront of our minds and remaining thankful in everything that we do we are subconsciously acknowledging that our righteousness is a gift from our father and so that's the word today i'm really hoping it encourages you guys like it's encouraged me i'm gonna go ahead and pray um god thank you so much for this time Um, thank you so much for just this body. I've seen firsthand, even as a visitor, what you're doing here, God. Um, Me and my wife visited last last year and we were able to see just walking in as guests how your spirit's moving and how people really love each other well here. God, we thank you so much that, that you are moving and I pray that, That As we um, read Colossians and we read what it looks like to to live out as active members of God's kingdom, we'd realize that it does require effort, Mm -hmm. right? But that effort comes out of who we already are. It's not to attain an identity in Christ. It comes out of our identity in Christ. And so I pray for those that don't know you, Lord, that they would understand that you beckon, you call to them to quit trying to work for their salvation and to just receive the gift of salvation available in Jesus Christ. And I pray for people that have confessed and people that are living in community that they would not fall into the trap of legalism, rather that they understanding who, they're, who they are in Christ would actually lead to a freedom um, of just living a life free from sin and death, yet um, the hope of glory that you will come and one day carry out the work you started onto completion, Lord. So we love you, God. We thank you in Jesus' name, Amen.